When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with J.P. McNamara on C103. And good morning, welcome along to Friday's Cork Today show. John Paul McNamara with you until one with Bernie and Sadie taking your calls and comments this morning. Call them on 1850-333-103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862103103. You can email across the show jp at c103.ie or you can tweet at c103cork. Ahead on this morning's show, we are going to discuss uh, wet bars and when and can we expect those wet bars there, the, the bars that don't serve food will they be reopening soon? We know the independent TDs had concerns yesterday, they were meeting in Leinster House and indeed in the Convention Centre about the new guidelines that were going to be issued to Gardaí and new laws being brought in to deal with bars who may and these are the wet bars who may breach these particular restrictions that are going to be enforced. We'll be speaking and discussing this with the Cork South West Deputy Michael Collins and we'll get back to more comments on that shortly. Also we're going to hear about vandalism at the new Kilcrumper graveyard in Fermoy, something we have heard about in the past, but again, in the last number of weeks, there has been issues there. And has joyriding returned to the city suburbs? Now, a number of incidents have occurred over the last number of months. And it's concerning residents in the Ballyvillan, Mayfield area, but also those living in areas on the Cork to Mallow Road, because over the years when there was cases of joyriding, it's not only uh, city suburbs were affected, uh, joyriders would often take to the Cork Mallow Road and end up in Grenada and you'd have cars burnt out in areas of Moran Abbey or Whitechurch or even affecting areas of Mallow. Uh, so discussing that this morning with uh, Councillor Ken O'Flynn who wants to raise that particular issue as there's fears we could see a return to joyriding. Many thought that, in, that, that kind of uh, car theft and uh, those incidents were gone uh, but it seems to be uh, slowly returning to that particular area of Cork and we're going to catch up with Joe McCarthy and Sean Gordon who are cycling around Ireland's coastline at the moment. They are doing the loop in Ada Peter House and the West Cork Rapid Response is the final leg of their journey so we'll be chatting with the lads later on the show. They return back to Ross Carberry on this coming Sunday and why inter-county players will be getting ready to return and go back to training. Many uh, have concerns because training for inter-county players resumes in a few weeks 
but many of them, many of those playing are going to be travelling from far outer areas of Cork and they'll be travelling into the city. Uh, but think about it, it's September into October, you're going to have the weather changing as we uh, head into the autumn winter months and then we'll more than likely people training in wet and windy conditions and you'll have to tug off in the sideline train in those wet and windy conditions Uh, players will obviously not be sweating and then they'll go back uh, collect their belongings go into their car and travel for an hour or two hours to go home not unusual and we've spoken with players over the years on the various sports shows on those who travel from outer areas of Cork Uh, they'll do a full day's work in a nearby town travel maybe 30-45 minutes back home uh, grab their gear grab something to eat and then travel a, a two hours or an hour and a half or whatever to the city the train and then back down again and up again the next morning for work and they're used to that and that's the commitment they show and that's why people will say those uh, GA players are fantastic that they do go out there voluntary and do this considering what they give up in their personal lives to train over the years uh, and because of that we've had calls over the last week or so asking about player welfare these are players giving up a lot as it is but now because there's no showers and players can't shower after uh, training are they expected to hop into a car after a wet, windy training session, then they're sweating on top of that and they're in a car for an hour, two hours. Uh, how is that good considering the pandemic that's going on and people are asked to be minding themselves? But if you are, anybody knows, if you walk down the street and you get caught out in a shower of rain and uh, you go home and you haven't changed your clothes in an hour or two, you will have a sniffle. Most people will get a sniffle for a day or two. Now you could get a cold all of that as well but you get a sniffle but these days if you get a sniffle uh, workplaces don't want to see you so there's a bigger impact for those particular players uh, than just about the game of GAA or indeed training there's an impact to who they live with their families and a lot more so we'll discuss that later on the programme we'll be joined by our GAA uh, correspondent Fimmer McCarthy and what he's hearing of what indeed are the GAA or what can they uh, do to work around that because it's obvious they can't have showers due to the COVID restrictions so what can be put in place uh, for our players like that your views are welcome if you're one of those players caught up in that particular situation or indeed you have someone in your family who you know or overall you're a big GA fan and what do you make of that and what's your view on that situation for those players let us know 1850 but just going back to the issue in the bars at the moment because the health minister Stephen Donnelly he is under fire from publicans and his own backbenchers over the what many are calling the crazy new rules requiring restaurants and pubs serving food to record all food orders and keep the information for 28 days now many restaurants will say it's extra work on their staff uh, smaller restaurants would not have the facilities like larger ones so it's physically writing down all the orders and keeping everything on file for 28 days others are saying that with IT they don't have the systems in place to hold that data for so long uh, many you would assume then who have the technology would it make a huge difference to them because they can I presume store that particular data uh, for that length of time but it, does it add more concerns for them on data protection uh, so your views on that are welcome discussing that shortly on the programme as well I know the uh, well known Cork City publican Binny McCabe is in the Echo today and he's uh, while he's reopening 
all of his premises, including Rotten Lane, Cheney and the Oval in the city centre, he says that the nine euro meal is a tax on the elderly. That's how he feels about that. And then when we look at the cash scheme, the incentive that was launched yesterday by the government, and this is to support the hospitality sector, but many are saying it's a disgrace. What's your views on this? Because it does exclude a number of people from society. This particular scheme excludes pensioners. It excludes people who have not a job, cannot find the job at the moment. How many people do we know were let go from their workplace over the last six months due to COVID? They're excluded from this particular scheme. Also people on low wages are excluded. The stay and spin scheme. Well this offers a maximum of €125 back in income tax credits to taxpayers who spend up to €625 in restaurants, pubs, hotels and B&Bs. And it begins at the start of next month. Now It would last until the spring. Uh, The reason they're doing it from October to the spring mainly is because that is what is considered, you could say, the off-peak season for many of the hotels and restaurants. And this is where they need the biggest boost, considering what has happened over the last number of months. So that's why it's an offer for this particular season. But it offers cash back through tax. Uh, So basically, again, those who are earning below minimum wage People on the dole uh, will not be receiving this. Uh, Those as well, pensioners, OIPs who uh, have worked all their lives, they won't be able to avail of the tax credit scheme. So basically it's of no benefit to them. Uh, But how it will work is for those who are entitled to it, uh, it will be basically going through the revenue app. So if you have the revenue app, you upload your receipts to that. Revenue will then provide an income tax credit at the end of your year. And will you get the money back straight away, I hear people asking? No. Taxpayers will get the benefit of the credit in the year after uh, the expenditure is occurring. So it would mean basically that 2021 will be the earliest you would get the return. But the return is in form of a tax credit. So it's not really... Uh, you're not going to get physical money in the post or or something in your bank account. It's a tax credit. Well, I put it down to similar, and this isn't like for like, but similar, it's like if you were renting or maybe getting mortgage relief on our revenue or something like that over the years where you would apply uh, on the actual website on revenue.ie or on the app if if you had the app then. Uh, for rent allowance well not rent allowance but it would be a refund and rent uh, paid through your tax credits uh, so basically if you were renting a house and it was costing you 400 euros let's say a, a month for renting a room in a house you could then put that into your uh, tax details on revenue.ie or on the revenue app and you will get so much back at the end of the year I think that's gone now but it's something like that that's the way it's going to kind of work uh, basically you then put the receipt into the revenue app and then you get it back by form of a tax credit not like the UK whereby it's the restaurant will have to go and look for the money back because in the UK how they have done it is that the promotion is offering people up to 50% off when eating uh, in a particular restaurant or whatever food establishment you go to and the maximum discount is £10 sterling per person. So basically, in the UK, you would go in, you order a meal. If that meal costs £30, well, you'll be paying £20 if you get my drift on that. Whereas here, you physically won't get the money back. It's a tax credit. So tax credit is how it's going. But is it unfair that Again, those who would usually go on holidays this time of the year, uh, pensioners, because there is a great offer is usually this time of the year. It's a lot quieter. Families are back to school, so they're not out and about. And many would go 
uh, for people over the age of 65 and 70 would go at this time of the year uh, they can't avail of this uh, and also people who've lost their jobs they can't avail and those who are on the minimum wage and lower who who could do with a break I presume because they can't afford it they also can't uh, get involved with this particular scheme so your views on the scheme many think it's ridiculous many feel it's stupid and they should have done something like the UK uh, the government have said yesterday I, I saw them a number of reps from the government out and about and various news channels saying they had to come up with some Something quick. The hospitality sector felt that this period from October onwards was the period whereby it isn't the, the peak for them. They needed something enacted fast. This is what they came up with. Uh, but others disagree and they feel it's ridiculous. So what's your view on this? Do you think it's a good idea and it's something at least? Or like others, do you feel it's shameful? I know the uh, TD in Dublin, Breed Smith, she is out saying it is just disgraceful uh, because you have a number of people in society who just want to go out and about uh, with their kids. They want to go have a meal. Uh, some of them are poor, they're not entitled to a lot in society. And for them, bringing the kids uh, to McDonald's to get a coffee is a big treat but that's not what they're going to get back from the state. They're angry over that and the independent city, Dennis Nocton, he has said the scheme ignores older people. While the principle behind the new scheme is welcome, he says a tax credit scheme is of no benefit to many older people who would usually have holidays at home in the off season. Uh, he's the uh, TD of course for Roscommon and Galway. So your views are welcome on that. Do you agree with those uh, or are you welcoming this particular scheme? Uh, by the comments I've in, many say it's ridiculous. Anyhow, your views are welcome 1850-333-103 text of WhatsApp 0862-103-103 Good morning to you Lines open 1850-333-103 Bernie and Sadie taking your comments this morning text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 A lot of calls coming in regarding uh, that uh, scheme that was announced yesterday the incentive the stay and spend offer uh, from the government I'll get back to your calls and comments very shortly on that but just uh, briefly touching on Golfgate which still uh, is hanging around because the Rockdus Golf Society, they were initially going to defy and probably will still at the Concordia's request to disband this particular grouping. Uh, it seems now they're going to have a name change. They're going to change the name of this and what's going to happen basically is they're going to scrap the Oroctus from this particular uh, golf society. So the name Oroctus will disappear from that particular society within Linster House and uh, something that we get a lot of calls to the show and this will be welcome for a lot of people dumping and how many areas and how many uh, places across Cork do we hear of illegal dumping uh, those especially who are involved in toddy towns doing their best to clean approach roads and then they find someone has dumped bags or rubbish out the window and then you have areas I know we always get calls from forestry areas people out and about for a walk and they find home and household rubbish dumped in black bags torn open then by uh, birds and whatnot, and everything left uh, around the particular beautiful forest area well on that the council and it's Sean O'Reardon's writing about this today in the Irish Examiner Cork County Council is and uh, over the, the years they were always looking into this but they are going to up their game on this and especially on black spots across Cork County to crack down on litter louts they have set up a number of CCTV areas and this particular new CCTV it has been installed in various locations across the county for obvious reasons they're not saying exactly where they are in 
installed but uh, they are for the moment in the Fermoy areas McCroom and Cove areas and these particular cameras will move around to various areas of the county so those areas where people think it's easy to dump uh, there has been cameras installed so those who are thinking of dumping uh, think again CCTV now will be catching you and we'll follow up and do more on that on the show if not today uh, early next week and I know we got a lot of queries from people in the East Cork area especially in Middleton because uh, there was a fire in a building next to the post office in Middleton a number of weeks ago and it did affect the post office there but the good news is uh, for those who do use the post office and need the services of it in Middleton the normal service will resume for the people of Middleton on Monday morning next when the local post office will reopen but it's going to reopen at a new location the new post office will be located at 82 Main Street in Middleton so uh, from Monday next uh, uh, the well the former post office sorry was at 82 Main Street but because of the fire they're going to be at a new location so from next Monday the post office will reopen at the new location of 50 59 Main Street so where you used to go to 82 Main Street in Middleton for your uh, postal services you know be going the short distance down the street to number 59 that's where the new post office will be located for Middleton and I know there was people on to us asking what about those now who have transferred uh, their payments to other post offices in Castle Martyr and Carrigtool well for those now your post office services will be transferred back uh, to Middleton and um, post assure us that that will happen in time for Monday Monday morning but again uh, the old post office now everything moved to the new location uh, to 59 Main Street in Middleton so those for uh, those in Middleton who were querying about that on the way discussing the issue of uh, the particular bars uh, the new regulations and the new guidelines uh, for bars that they're not happy about when can we expect the wet bars to open and also uh, the stay and spin scheme a lot discussed yesterday in the Dáil we'll be speaking to Cork South West Independent Deputy Michael Collins next pubs across Ireland may be opening their doors after months of being closed new measures are going to be introduced to ensure that they are adhering to Covid restrictions Now Leah Varadkar yesterday felt it was time to open the wet bars right across the country I know independent groups were meeting yesterday in Linster House and it was spoken about as well at the Doyle yesterday in the Convention Centre of what would happen Mixed views on this I'm joined by the Cork South West Independent Deputy Michael Collins Good morning to you Michael Good morning, John Powell. Now, a lot, of been speak- a lot of people have been speaking this morning regarding those guidelines we've heard about over yesterday evening and this morning. And if bars are set to open, the wet bars, those that don't serve food, a number of guidelines have been mentioned and Gardaí will be given extra powers to enforce this. But uh, your colleague, Independent Deputy for Kerry, Danny Healy-Ray, he says Ireland is becoming like a dictatorship with all these debates and new powers for Gardaí when it comes to these wet bars. Do you agree with Danny healy Ray on his comments about Ireland becoming like a dictatorship. Oh, absolutely. And that's uh, what the feedback is coming from the general public, John Paul. People are very, very frustrated, I think, to date uh, in, in all the, the, the COVID regulations and rules that are being put before the people. We supported them in the dog. We supported them, almost everybody. You know, there's always a few that won't, uh, rogue people out there that won't agree with everything. But we did everything in our power to make sure that uh, whether people are inside eating or inside their homes or in the general public or in the church or wherever, that everything was done according uh, to the best of their ability or at sports activities. But these powers, this criminal justice bill that was passed yesterday in the Dáil by a, a huge amount of, of, of TDs, I may add, of Bar, Bar or, I said, the rural independent group or one of the only groups that opposed it, um, are, are, are one step too far. And, and we're giving more powers and more powers to the Gardaí uh, Gardaí that maybe are actually asking 
do they, how can we police these powers? And that was the question that came uh, and, and, and their opposition to this bill uh, to a point uh, from the GRA and the AGSI in the past week. John Paul, they're, they're, they're confused. They don't have enough manpower to police what they're trying to police. And they're being given more laws and more rules and more regulations. And in, in, in our view and in the view of the general public that I've been speaking to, I think the government have lost the run of themselves. They've lost the support of the people that were very supportive, were carrying out their, 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 their restrictions to the best of their human ability. And it is a terrible, terrible, difficult time. But that they're dictating and dictating from the top down, down to the ordinary people on the ground as to what to do. And you can't dictate to people. You have to work with people for, to, for, for, for something like this to work. And John Paul, Jim, Jim Mulligan of, the, of the, GA, the GRA said during the week, we have speculation around powers that are coming out. It causes our members confusion. It causes the public confusion. And he stressed that, he stressed, and he's the, uh, the Guard Representative Association, he said that there's been huge cooperation from the public since the beginning of this pandemic. And it is vital that the messages keep to, uh, people together in response to COVID-19. And the public, he says, are very cooperative. And we haven't had incidences like we've seen, we say, in other countries. And there's a good relationship there between the Gardaí and, and, and the general public. That's always been there, John Paul. And with these... Uh, more powers and more regulations and more dictators from the top is turning people sour and we're giving we're sending out that terrible bad message and what are you against against the guardie going in and checking and inspecting a bar I mean many will feel that if they're going in which they are at the moment that they're hoping that everybody is adhering to which the majority of bars are adhering to uh, but if a bar isn't adhering to the Covid restrictions surely if a guard goes in and, and, and they're flaunting the laws and, and there could be a risk there to the entire village uh, for a spread of Covid-19 the guardie should have a, a right to say you're, you're you're, mis- you're misbehaving. We're closing it down. Absolutely. And in my view and in the view of the general public, that's the, that's the rules and that's the regulations that were there today. And I think it was a day, there some time back there was a report out that there was uh, out of maybe there was was it 5,000 or something inspections in the space of maybe two weeks of Gardaí up, up, up uh, public houses. I would say that were open. They were able to do food. There's very few open. They can tell you that. Hmm. And most of them face ruination because of decisions, very bad decisions being made. But those and the hotels are open and they were quite understanding. And the people that were running these bars have extra staff put in place to make sure that everything is compliant. You are going to find another road, road trailer. You're in every business and everything you're doing around the world and the country or this country is going to happen. But in fairness to these people, they were carrying out their, 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 their and the guard, he were allowed to inspect and they were respected. And I suppose if there was little bits of wrongdoings done, they were put right and everything was running along nicely. But this is giving them further powers to close the premises, close it for a day. Uh, maybe if a publican feels he was wronged, he has to go for a judicial review now, which will cost him thousands and thousands of euros. There's a complete, it's, it's a complete dictatorship and it's, turn, it's turning people sour and I can see it and I can feel it. And if the Gardaí are asking questions about this, John Paul, where are we going? Antoinette, um, Antoinette uh, Cunningham, the General Secretary of the Association of Garda, Sergeant and Inspector says unrealistic expectations is placed on members of the Gardaí by public commentary and for people in government and legislators and say that laws can be introduced but they never think how the final piece of it, which is how are they going to practically enforce? And that's the question that I'm asking. She went down to say, John Paul, we don't live in a climate where it's practical to dine outside in wintertime. So that's going to move people indoors. Is it going to create difficulties in relation to social distancing? Is it going to mean bigger crowds inside pubs? And the government should look at the legislation they're introducing to see if it's enforceable. And it's not enforceable. And I'll tell you why it's not enforceable. Because the Gardaí are overstretched. Uh, they don't have the manpower on the ground. 
And if you don't have the manpower on the ground, you cannot carry out the rules that are there. But at least, in fairness, they have been working very closely with those who have premises, who are trying to serve food. And you know, John Paul, I've been very vocal on the situation where public houses have been pinpointed by this government to, for the continuation of the closure. Now, there is a major confusion there, because it looks like Fianna Fáil now wants to keep them closed, and Leo Varadkar wants them open. And there's a massive confusion inside the government and a massive anger there now to I can feel the sense. And the anger continues, Michael, in the way that while many of the public want the wet bars to open across the rural and urban areas, a lot of those even who run those wet bars and own them have said, why would I open? Because the big thing is that they mention all these, as you mentioned, the guidelines uh, for the Gardaí and the new particular criminal justice uh, powers that were passed yesterday. But there's no guidelines for those who are running the bars. So while they're all opening and, and taking in the general guidelines, they've got nothing in concrete about opening uh, for the wet bars, those that aren't serving food and that's why they're even slow of reopening because they could breach something they don't know what they're breaching and, and there's another thing too John Paul they are slow and they're fierce worried because I've talked to publicans up until maybe 12 o'clock last night because I get a lot of calls as in fact they have concerns they have they have mortgages to pay uh, the moratorium is over in September they won't be able to pay the mortgages because the Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael decided not to let them open their doors uh, different to any other pub in Europe this is the situation. And even in Russia, the pubs are open. But in Ireland, they have a, a decision made, and it's gone on for a number of years, that pub, rural pubs should be closed down. And he, so with bars are looking for guidelines. There's a serious worry that when they open their doors, are the guidelines going to be too strict? Last night, in out of the blue, Stephen Donnelly, the Minister for Health, signed a statutory instrument to further condemn them, requiring pubs and hotels that are serving food to record all individuals' food records for 28 days. So if I go in, does this mean if I go in... Uh, to the Elden Hotel or to the, some hotels today it's Gibberine or I'm in Bandon my clinic or Bantry uh, do I have to if I get a burger do they have to write down that I got a, a burger did he have onions in it did he have onions in it what time he came in what time he left in the name of God what are we turning our state into these people are they have individuals inside extra staff less customers they are stretched to the limit and we have an, a non-sympathetic government signing statutory instrument after statutory instrument they've lost the run of themselves where is GDPR, John Paul? That's gone out the window all of a sudden. You can have my details thrown around the bar now for the next 28 days. There's no worry about GDPR now. And do you, think people, do you think people, though, Michael, will be actually concerned that whatever they have ate in a restaurant will be kept on file for 28 days, though? I think, well, do you know what I think more than anything else, John Paul? It sounds a bit ridiculous, to be quite honest with you. I mean, strict guidelines is what should be adhered to, and the guidelines should be clear. And let the pubs reopen, and let the people that are have a drink make sure that they have the social distancing, and make sure the guardian has the power to walk in, make sure that's uh, completed, and everybody's happy, and they're all working. You will find out of every uh, 500 uh, visits to guardian, there'll probably be two or three incidences that it wasn't compliant. Let them work with the barkers, and if they're not willing to work, then uh, uh, make sure that the, the, the laws, because they have to apply for their licences. We've jumped all we're going into. Well, a lot of people are angry. A lot of people are frustrated. We're in a different type, part of COVID. We need to work with people and keep working with people. Let them go out, have a little bit of a drink and a social case under careful guidelines that they're safe and that their neighbours are safe and the people they live with and open the, the businesses, the pub businesses that are gone almost gone bust, most of them are, and are worried now when they open that they'll be in suffering massive losses because they have extra staff to be writing up who came in, what time did he did he order his food? Did he have a spaghetti bolognese? Did he have a glass? Did they have a glass of wine or tea or whatever? And these statutory instruments are being abused by government. And you saw last week, uh, T-shirt, uh, Michal Martin signed a statutory instrument uh, 
implementing penalty points against the fishermen. This is without any discussion inside mm. the dog to destroy the fishermen and the fishermen of this country. And now the publicans and the, the bar owners and the restaurants and the, and the hoteliers are under extra pressure to keep their doors open instead of getting more cooperation and more help. And, and restauranteurs are out this morning. I know the uh, Restaurant Association of Ireland are saying, as you mentioned, staff in there who were under more pressure will be uh, under further pressure because they must keep a note of everything somebody has, has ordered now for 28 days. Some of them may have systems in place where it stores automatically more won't and more might have to get further IT involved for storage uh, but then you have a situation whereby some uh, people that are running those bars serving food and restaurants will have to hire more staff because there's a fear that human error you may, might not record a meal or a few meals that evening because it's so busy so they feel they'll need to hire more staff for fear they could breach these new regulations so there is a lot of people who are upset with these new rules and feel as you mentioned they are crazy and I was reading that document from Fault Ireland and it is outlines in that particular document that they have to obey these. I mean, would you be happier, Michael, if the health minister just came out in plain language and said that they're doing something like this or they need to monitor a number of bars who basically are letting lads in who are giving them one plate of a pizza and you'd have six lads at a table and they'll finish the pizza and remain there for two, three hours and they need to monitor that type of behaviour. Would you welcome him basically saying it out straight rather than working around with these particular guidelines? Would people rather than be more honest? I, th- I think first and foremost, um, their, their, their decision to f- finger point pubs has been uh, the reason why COVID-19 has been spread uh, across, uh, would be spread across Ireland is totally and awfully wrong. And as I said, and I've been uh, well documented that pubs and nightclubs are continuously, John Paul, being thrown in together. And they're two totally different businesses from the rural or maybe a lot of the urban pubs where there's five and ten people inside them per day to the nightclub that can house one, two, three, four, five hundred people. That's a different business. And I think it was a clever move by government to keep them in, in top of the nightclubs so that every time we have a discussion, I heard the T-shirt saying, I sympathise with the publicans, but we've seen what nightclubs have done across the world. We're not talking about nightclubs, and I'm sorry you didn't bring up a nightclubs there, no, I respect, but I'm just telling you that they, that's thrown in the same mm. category of opening. Uh, Father Ireland, too, need, need to answer questions here, uh, John Paul. Father Ireland, I know, start dictate as to who and how people can go about their daily lives. Father Ireland have to respect that we're losing um, our culture, we're losing uh, all of what was ever good in Ireland. I met a German couple there recently, they said we, and they come to Ireland, they come to West Cork every year, and they said they were heartbroken. They couldn't go for their lovely drink, they never overdrank, but they love their little bit of music and they love a little bit of drink. And people want a little bit of that left. There's massive, massive stress, mental stress out there at the present time, and this government, instead of helping people to cope and to work within some kind of a guideline is making it more difficult for people to live and they're starting to give up and break the rules and this government is 100% to blame for this. They need to open their bars under guidelines and give the clear guidelines without making them in a way that nobody can open. To people to survive, they need to, to, to support the restaurants out there, they need to support the elderly that are out there and start focusing, start focusing on that. This is a very difficult time. It's a pandemic that John Paul we're going to have to live with for a long, long time and live it, you know, to the best of our abilities. I'm not saying to open the door without rules and regulations. And I am saying that if they're not adhered to some kind of regulation, but uh, that uh, there has to be a law to, to deal with them. The laws that are there can deal with them already. If young people want to go in for a drink, it's a far better 
environment than to have it out on the street and have it inside in the houses where there's 15, 16, 17, 80 drinking inside. And that's where COVID-19 is struck. And that's where the, the concentration of the, of, the, of, of, of the health minister and the Taoiseach of the day should be focusing in. Not on the innocent people that have pubs and they've tried to ruin their business. Not on the people that are trying to run a GA match or a soccer match and they can't have a few families standing at the, at, at the side of the pitch. Their focus has gone wrong completely. And, and I didn't support that uh, criminal justice bill yesterday. And I'm delighted in myself they didn't. And I'm very surprised and disappointed at TDs, whether they're from Cox or West or from anywhere else, that have gone in there and supported just to be ticking the box because they're, t- they're turning against their own people. And when you mention Fall to Ireland there and you feel that they need to also have a look at themselves, do you feel when the German couple you spoke about who come over to Cork and enjoy going into rural bars and maybe hearing uh, someone singing uh, traditional Irish music in that particular bar, do you feel we are going to hamper ourselves in the future when it comes to tourism or do you think that many should understand we're in a pandemic and things won't be as normal? And you could follow that on then with leaving those pubs closed. It is going to leave to what we're seeing at the moment, shebeens and private house parties. It is, but like talking to the people, and, and, and there was more than one, we said the German couple, but they stood out in my note, they, they understood the situation, but they couldn't understand why the pub was closed. Maybe the music, is said that we might have to accept that the music is set aside for a while, but they couldn't understand why the public house was closed, and there was always a good atmosphere there. There was always a safe atmosphere, because, uh, you know, people, for their own mental health, was a, a little bit of a time out, some of them didn't always drink alcohol. They may have, you know, had that opportunity to have a chat. They, you know, most of them in the pubs, and anyone that knows the rural pubs, whether it's, as I said, the other night in television, Rena Screen or Rena, there's only four, five, six, seven, eight customers a day. In the name of God, would they wake up? And I'm asking the backbenchers here to wake them, wake the government up, and bring forward the, the, the opening of these pubs immediately. And Fault Ireland need to back off, because Fault Ireland would have a more polished view on, on, on living, and maybe they don't have a solid view as to what happens in rural Ireland and what happens on the, on the ground in, res, in respect to, to, to public clubs. And we, we need to control the, the sale of drink. Unfortunately, from what I've seen during the summers, a lot of drinks bought in the large supermarkets in Cork, people coming down to West Cork, and that was maybe in the summer occasions, yes, and they're spinning out to two and three hundred, having parties, or drink out of the boots of cars. At least in a public house, you have some kind of controls, you have closure of pubs, you have, at, the, at certain times, you have, you know, there's, and, and, and they're willing to work within the guidelines, they've given the guidelines to work, but the government continues to talk. Well, look, it doesn't look like that at the moment. Half the government is going left, the other half is going right, so Fianna Fáil says no, Fianna Gael, the O'Brien said yes the other night, so it looks like there's some kind of movement going on, there's a bit of a fight, an inner fight there that needs to be resolved, but that's been fighting in you for the last number of, uh, number of weeks anyway. So look, John Paul, I certainly um, was quite comfortable uh, voting against that. If you look at the at the, at the, at the Garda representative bodies, the, the GRE and the ECSI, they actually are not comfortable with the new rules. We don't have the police to, at the Garda to police these rules and why make put more rules on top of more rules. I think they need to be focusing on gradually reopening certain sectors within with, with great safety. And today they're meeting with the sports, the GE, the soccer, uh, to discuss this. And, and they should be allowed. There's only small numbers attending these matches. And it's parents try to take kids to matches and they want to stand in the sideline. They're, they're 10, 15 or 20 feet away from somebody else. I mean, what are they going to do next? Stop people from going shopping? 
They've lost the run of themselves, and statutory instruments are being thrown left, right, and centre, like Minister Stephen Donnelly last night, and 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 and, and the teacher last week at the fishing uh, points. It's it's crazy, and no discussion in the doll, just dictatorship from the top now. And Michael, briefly, because I want to before I go to ask you about the stay and spins initiative, I have a lot of texts from people about that. But briefly, when you were discussing the wet pubs yesterday, and people were mentioning about all these rules, did they give any indication of a timeline of when these bars? would open, considering they're bringing out all these laws that were passed yesterday. If they're bringing out laws for passing, uh, surely then they must have an indication they're going to let the bars reopen. Was there any indication of, uh, in a brief answer, uh, two weeks, three weeks or a month? No, uh, the, I think there was a lot of anger within Fianna Fáil that Leo Baratia made this announcement because he, he was kind of, I'd say, a bit, a bit of um, upmanship on, 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 on Michal Martin when he mentioned on, on some radio station on, on Thursday night that the bar should be reopened, he didn't see any issue why they didn't. There is no timeline. There is further discussions in, in, in about a week and a half as to when they'll open. So there's, there's, the publicans are praying and keeping their fingers crossed that they will. You, as I said earlier on, the, a lot of the publicans have marketers. Uh, the moratorium is over in September. They have no income. The government, I've asked them, and we've asked them to see where they're going to find money to pay the mortgage. Simple, pay the mortgage. And never mind the other bills that they have. And there hasn't been a clear answer on that yet. So, uh, John Paul, I, I, I'd be afraid to say, I'd, show that to, uh, I'd be afraid to answer that question to you. When are they going to open? Because I could have told you two months ago, I thought common sense would prevail and they'd allow the pub to open. They didn't that time. And they kept their back turned on the public and since, and, and used the public as the as the reason why COVID-19, in my view, there's, there's no other sector that I know of told. So they're the only sector that they put pinpointed that can spread the, the virus. And pubs open all over the world on the regulations, that's what should happen here. And that's what we're waiting to come. And it's so great so that it'll happen to Okay, very finally, Michael, I want to ask you about the particular scheme that was announced yesterday. And this is the Stay and Spend initiative. And basically, this is going to give people money back when they go on holidays off-peak from October. But it gives them money back via a tax credit. But a lot of anger about this this morning because, first of all, and I'll get to your calls and comments, you must be registered with revenue.ie to be able to do this and, and claim the particular tax credit. But also, it leaves out a lot of society. It leaves out those who are low paid on low paid wages so low paid workers are left out of this those who have lost their jobs over COVID or those in general who don't have a job and are claiming social welfare they cannot get involved in this particular scheme and also many would say this time of the year is when the over 65s and over 70s and OAPs would go and avail of a break on holidays in Ireland they also can't avail of this so a lot of anger on why certain members of society can't go and avail of this particular scheme. Do you agree with that anger? Do you agree the scheme uh, was brought about too fast and it should maybe have gone the way the UK have done it by giving money back to the people in way of cash? You go along to the restaurant, you get £10 off your meal in the UK. Should we have looked at it that way or did the government have no choice but to implement this fast so that they could avail of this from October? I think a lot of the... I suppose, well, I think this is actually very, very uh, hastily brought out. I, I think a little bit more thought on it. Obviously, it's a, it's, a, it's a boost at the right time of the year. If it's going to be, if everybody out there can can get it. I When I heard it first, the first thing I thought of was the senior citizen who'd been attacked and attacked as far as they're concerned. 
um, uh, in, in relation when in COVID stuff, they, they weren't, if they were working and they lost their job due to COVID, they were unable to pick up a COVID payment. And this is a, a small opportunity maybe for them to have a little bit of a break and to get uh, compensated back. It seems to be riddled with difficulties that you have to, I, I could be wrong, you must keep receipts, obviously, which is fair, but there has to be something about an app on the phone. I was talking to somebody that was in Northern Ireland recently, they were telling me of a very simplistic system. Uh, about getting their money back, like you said, there for the go, and they said, why couldn't Ireland implement this in in the Republic and it would have filled um, our restaurants, which we need at this time, and filled our hotels? Um, and 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 I'm afraid they, they hastily put this together, they hastily put the Criminal Justice Act uh, in there. I think they're moving too too quickly, and they're leaving other sectors of society, like you said, the low paid and those who lost jobs, but certainly and more in particular, the senior citizens deserve some kind of respect in this country since COVID stuff. They've been the hardest hit, and they've been the least um, respected in, in since this COVID nineteen has come out there, John Paul. It's it's, it's very very unfair, and they will not get anything back from this. And we need, that's a sector that can maybe take a break at this time of the year. And I would ask, and I would order, order the government to have a re-look at this to see, because I mean, everything can be hasty put out there, but things can be slightly changed. And, and, and look after the senior citizen, and look after maybe the low paid as, as well, there's no disrespect to them, but those who aren't paying a tax, like someone drawing down a pension, are not eligible to draw this down. That was the first thing I noticed when that came out. I, I, uh, in the low pay and the lost jobs is another issue that has come on since, but certainly this has to be re-looked and I urge the government to re-look at this and in, in respect to those people who've done the most since this pandemic. I know loads of people that are very, very stressed and but, uh, are senior citizens and have had a very, very difficult time. They've lost their chance to go and meet their family abroad or do the little things that they love to do. And we need to respect them and give them some bit of a chance here to have, so, uh, you know, to look back at this year in some um, a better way than the way they have been treated. Okay, we'll wait and see what happens. I mean, it is in now. I don't know if they're going to be able to change it again, but uh, people are unhappy with the way they've set it up for the moment. Michael, thanks for joining us this morning. We'll wait and see what happens over thanks. the next few days regarding those wet bars. But that is Cork South West Deputy Michael Collins, Independent Deputy for West Cork. Uh, he voted against those particular criminal justice powers yesterday uh, for bars, even though those wet bars don't have any guidelines. Good morning to you. Lines open 1850 A uh, huge response to the stay and spend incentive that was mentioned and launched yesterday from the government on this because people have mixed views on it. A lot of people feel that some in society are going to lose out to those on low wages, uh, those who have lost their jobs and are on social welfare and pensioners won't be able to claim this particular tax credit and the government have even said that. They said it means that 2.7 million people will be able to benefit from this scheme uh, but others won't be. On that Michael says uh, this staycation stay and spin scheme is the biggest load of crap Michael says that I've ever heard coming from any government I would love to meet the genius who came up with this idea taxpayers will get the benefit of the credit next year this has to be the sick joke of the year the scheme will probably cost millions to set up and manage most likely cost more to set up than what people will avail of and the thinking behind this stupidity gets to me if something with a more common and attractive approach to the puncher could not have been thought of they should have abandoned the whole idea says Michael in Castletown Bear and staying with this Anne is saying while we're discussing the uh, incentive and the pubs and the regulations she goes personally 
Anne says, I think the government have completely lost the plot. First of all, electronic machines aren't going to be able to hold all that data for 28 days and the wet pubs should be let open. They are not causing the problem. It's the people who are working in the meat factories and food farms from abroad who aren't being paid a proper wage and living in chronic conditions. Oh, and telling the elderly people not to use public transport. The reason behind this, says Anne, is that they don't want the public transport money for the elderly to be paid uh, who of course have free travel and by the way it's not all free as all people earned is working hard all their lives and all people paid their taxes says Anne another person agreeing with Anne saying all us pensioners we paid our tax throughout the years but we can't avail of this scheme now because we're no longer working so unfair while John in Clonakilty says I downloaded the revenue app first vacations looking for a, a lot to get uh, this particular receipt and to get uh, pictures of the receipts they look for your P60 and your employees and your employees number that did not make it easy says John and Clonacilty and that's a point obviously you need to be registered with revenue online don't you to avail and claim back that that particular scheme for that particular tax credit which you'll get then next year uh, Jim saying is this scheme available to the self-employed it is Jim if you are self-employed uh, revenue say you can make your claim by submitting uh, the form 11 and I'm sure if you're self-employed you'll be familiar with that particular form uh, you can do that for the 2020 period in Ross so it's Ross you'll be doing your uh, scheme on Jim uh, Winnie says again this particular scheme is for the big boys the wealthy but leaving out those who could actually do with a break and saying fair play to Michael Collins he hit the nail on the head he's spot on with what he is saying regarding the wet bars those particular rules and that scheme while sticking with the uh, particular scheme and the bars the jury is in Bantry he says this scheme is a joke the government couldn't organise a piss up in a brewery uh, but they all are very good at organising golf meals Uh, people are off work less money in their pockets and the government want them to spend money on meals they haven't got and get it back sometime next year only for it being so serious it would be a great laugh says jury in Bantry on WhatsApp to 0862103103 while Eamon here is saying I really can't understand the drama from pubs and restaurants with new government rules all they have to do is keep a copy of everyone's bill surely not difficult or time consuming one would wonder what are they trying to hide says Eamon on WhatsApp to 0862103103 Madge is saying yes I agree with Michael Collins Michael Collins speaking logic Madge says bring back Leo and get rid of this dictatorship she agreeing there with Danny Healy Ray and that particular comment uh, while another text is saying the government this person feels are destroying rural Ireland with more rules uh, yet where were they all and where are all their fines for those who attended that particular dinner in Clifton wants to know a particular texter to 0862103103 somebody else on WhatsApp saying yes I want to share I want to state the impact our politicians uh, are making uh, to society like Michael Collins has said uh, we have in our state he has very clearly said the understanding of the requirements of the ordinary working family who were struggling at the best of times the elderly the people on low incomes and families that have a child or children with special needs nobody knows their struggles and fair play uh, to deputies like Michael Collins uh, who is really uh, pushing across what they can for everybody who is suffering regarding this on text and WhatsApp to 0862103103 while a texter here is saying that what Michael Collins said about the pubs is very true about them opening 
Uh, he is thinking of our elderly that love to come to town to do their shopping and look forward to having their pint or two and to chat with people. It looks like our government doesn't trust the pub owners to run their pubs but left hundreds of children back to school where they bloody can't manage them and now we have classes closing and some schools closing wake off government and don't try closing down rural pubs uh, this feels uh, this person feels that uh, we're all we're not dopes and uh, we can all behave ourselves uh, somebody else saying uh, with all these new rules around about why still could they not give guidelines to wet pubs if they are to reopen and on the scheme and John says, why would they bring the receipt rule in now at this stage? I don't believe they will be opening the wet pubs this year at all because why would they only be bringing in these particular new rules of holding a receipt for 20 days uh, if they were going to start reopening and getting things back to normal in society? Well, that's, I suppose, for, for bars that are serving food, that they are adhering to the rules and that you don't have a gang of lads coming in ordering one pizza. You have six at the table and they continue drinking and that all are, are having the pizza. That's where that idea is coming from, we would imagine. Uh, while Tom says, I think the nine euro meal thing is a joke. There's people with mental health issues that might not be able to afford to go out and afford to spend that much and would only like just to get one drink just for the social aspect of it. And now they are being told they need to spend nine euro on a meal as well as getting drink. Some people can't afford that and now their mental health will get worse because they aren't socialising with people. Also, this claiming money back on staycations, surely people can't afford to spend up to €600 to stay at home. That's catered to the people with loads of money that they can afford to go away every year. Uh, Feels Tom on that particular issue on 1850-333-103 regarding uh, the scheme, the uh, Stay and Spend initiative that was launched yesterday. Seamus in North Cork says, ridiculous to have to wait 16 months to get paid back your tax credit and it only is 20%. It's a waste of your time. It's another government scam, Field Seamus in North Cork. And on staying with the scheme and the pubs on this, Colm says he saw people coming out of a pub in his area at 11am last week. Colm feels that they were all drunk. And he says that Michael Healy Ray and others wants to reopen the pubs because they make money from his pub. He does not care about keeping people healthy. While Mary in North Cork, she knows of a few bars in her area. She says that are open all hours with no food being served. And she feels the guards never go in and check. And if the guardie were doing their job right, there would be no need then for this new legislation, says Mary. And Tom feels it doesn't matter about this new rule. The guardie still won't do anything about it. Most of the pubs are getting away with murder over the years. Anyhow, says Tom on 1850-333-103. A lot more calls and comments and different issues coming in. We'll get to those as well across the course of the morning, including something we touched on yesterday to do with speeding in our villages and towns. We'll get back to that shortly as well, and one WhatsApp in from John in Mitchellstown. He is saying, "Don't be giving non-factual info on the stay and spend. People will get their money back in 2020 refund when they submit their tax returns." Uh, something like the health expenses. Yeah, and we, we did mention that, John. Just in case um, people are getting confused, we did mention that earlier on. Uh, and you would have heard it there from people who were commenting on this, uh, that it does come back as a tax credit. And I was referencing it. You mentioned the health expenses there. I just compared it to the uh, rental expense you would have got a number of years ago. 
while you were renting a house very similar to the health expenses so yeah that's what we mentioned you take a photograph you send it on the Rev app and you get your credit uh, next year so that's what we were saying John at the start of the programme I know people's view really on this is more or less that the scheme they feel is incorrect and they're not happy with that particular scheme that's the, the comments we're getting in on the scheme is really not it's supposed to how the scheme is working uh, it's more or less why that scheme is being brought in and how it is working as people are questioning and indeed how so many in society can't access that particular scheme then and they feel it's unfair but just to clarify there again just in case there's confusion as John has texted in from Mitchellstown uh, as we mentioned earlier on what happens revenue when you submit your particular uh, receipt from wherever you are for that stay and spin scheme it offers a maximum I'm sorry it offers a maximum of 125 euros back in income tax credits to taxpayers who spend up to 625 euros in restaurants pubs hotels and B&Bs it's from the period of peak from October to next spring and what happens then when you submit your receipt revenue will provide an income tax credit in your end of year balancing statements and people asking so will I get the money back straight away no taxpayers will get the benefit of a credit in the year after the expenditure is incurred that means 2021 at the earliest Uh, that's uh, what we've got from revenue on that that's the way the scheme will work and while many think it's it's good and it's happening uh, and Johnny, you're right, and that's what is happening, Johnny. And you're correct the way it's working. We were comparing it to the rent, and you mentioned health expenses. That is the way it's working, and people don't have an issue with the way it's working. They have an issue the fact that so many in society are being excluded, but also uh, that they feel it's the wrong way of going about it. If they're going to introduce an incentive like this, why are they using it as tax credits? People would prefer, it seems, from calls and texts, they would prefer to get money back in their hands and do something like the UK whereby that if you go into a restaurant or bar or wherever you get food in the UK, it's £30 sterling, you'll pay £20 sterling, then the restaurant will go and claim it from the English revenue. That's the way it's working there. People thought it should work similar here and they're not happy uh, with how it's working here. So there's no issue on how the actual scheme is working with revenue. It's how it's going to go in the future, why they introduce it this way, why not go the way of the UK. That's what we're getting back from people this morning on calls and comments. They feel it's unfair. Uh, your views are welcome. 1850 Text or WhatsApp 0862103103. I want to touch on something that we got calls on earlier on this week and I know the Evendu newspaper as well have this as a lead story in their paper this week and this is in Formoy because Gardaí are at the moment investigating ongoing vandalism at the new Kilcrumper graveyard in Formoy. It's happened over the last number of weeks and Councillor Noel McCarthy joins me on this. Good morning to you Noel. Good morning John Paul. Thank you And thanks for joining us. Noel this is Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Something we've discussed before with graveyards in other parts of the county. We briefly had a few incidents over the years in Kilcrumper as well. But this is only in the last number of weeks and we got calls from people who had seen family plots destroyed in that graveyard. Often to think that this is happening and any indication of why this is happening in, in this particular graveyard. Yeah, John Paul, yeah, it's come to my notice again over the last uh, two weeks. I had one family made representations to me that they were concerned, even though it didn't happen to them. They were saying that they saw graves disturbed and vandalised, as they thought, and what was happening or how was it happening and what can we do about it council-wise. Now, I did, I know it's an ongoing guard inquiry on the instance on the 21st of August between and between the 21st and the 23rd of August. I'm not sure on that one exactly what happened, but Talking to the executive of the council, that wasn't report. That incident wasn't reported to them. So I'd be appealing to that family to report it straight away to the council, so they could have the facts of it, and also that the guardy will then be contacted by the council. So can I just say one thing, John Paul? Yeah. We did have one incident, a couple of incidents over twelve months ago. I we think we addressed them, but obviously since then we're getting compliments from a lot of people because. We have a great caretaker there. The staff are working hard. It always looks well when you go in to the graveyard. And this instance, while very upsetting for the families concerned, must be stamped out. And I can assure you the councillor taking it very seriously. But on the instance in particular, on the front of the avenue, I'm appealing to the family that they would make contact with the executive. And while you mentioned there about the graveyard and obviously it's kept well and it's, it's very upsetting for families to see uh, their graveyard in particular, but other graves in that particular graveyard damaged also for the staff who do their best day in day out to keep the graveyard looking well it's upsetting for them as well but many thought the council were going to install CCTV cameras at that particular graveyard were they not installed? No they, they haven't put in uh, because of data protection as you know yourself mm. GTPR has had a fierce effect on putting um, CCTV in, in anywhere not just in, in graveyards but even in our towns, you know, like some of our towns are still waiting for the, for the CCTV to be installed. But because of data protection and the laws associated with it, we're finding it very difficult to implement them. Now, again, when I did speak to the executive about the CCTV, obviously funding is a huge matter as well, John Paul, because you can imagine if you do one grave, you might have to do more and everyone will want them. So it's a huge concern, something we have to look at. But the biggest problem we have at the moment is data protection. And that's... 
that's a huge problem going forward. And Not can you get over that particular system. issue? Can you buy, uh, bypass or get over the data protection issue? If I know you're saying that if you put CCTVs in one graveyard, all they want it, but if there's a particular yeah. graveyard which keeps coming up on this show and indeed in another media that there is an incidence occurring there, there's vandalism occurring there, should it not give a case then to install CCTV in that particular graveyard so that items aren't stolen and the graves aren't vandalised? I, I agree. I, I think it will be brought up at our next uh, municipal meeting, which is the third Tuesday of this month. We will raise the matter at the meeting, I've no doubt about it, which I'll be raising. And can it be done? But every time we've mentioned CCTV over the last year and a half and two years, it's the data protection has stopped everything being done. So that's really a huge concern. So if we have to get over that part, definitely Kilcrumper should yeah. be looked at. And who but stops this? When, when you mention this in a meeting, who who raises the hand and says we have to check this out? And where, well, where does the book stop with? Who is stopping it overall to say we can't install them because of data protection? Because I can't see anybody who's going visiting in the graveyard objecting to a camera uh, looking down on them while they're visiting their loved ones. It would deter those, though, from taking items from a grave and causing harm to the particular graves in question. Yes, without a doubt. Yes, there's, there's a problem with the Gardaí and who controls it and who is responsible and who okay. will watch it. This is the big one. Mm. Now, I know there's a lot of been work has been done on it, John Paul, and it's still ongoing. I have no doubt about that. And this it will be a, to our towns in the centre of our towns. Well, for my, I had it here before the, the problem arose. Mitchellstown has been looking for it and Charleville for the last two years and they can't get it because of data protection. So I think the graveyards, again, like Kilcrumper and any instance, any place where there is an ongoing problem, CCTV is definitely the way the way to control it and to and to, and to catch people doing what they shouldn't be doing. And I definitely think that, like in Kilcrumper overall, I think in the last twelve months we definitely addressed the problem. And while it was so upsetting to hear what happened last week and the week before, I'm certain while the inquiry with the guard is going on and informa- information is given to the guard, I think we can catch these culprits. Also, John Paul, there was one thing I just want to mention. When I spoke to the executive, they did have a number of people saying that the graves were, during the storm, there was a lot of damage caused by the storm, especially to, you know, to statues and things like that that were blowing from one grave to the other. Now, the caretaker and the staff there have addressed as much as they can, but that was a problem as well that happened during the storm, which you can understand. Yeah, it wasn't all down to vandalism. Things didn't get blown around. Yeah, exactly. So that's one thing that, like that lady that came to me when she came back to me after, she said, "No, I could have been wrong. It could have been the storm because I found some of my items." That and these are very sentimental values to people that put things on graves, and I can understand that the families involved with stuff being taken must be very upset over this. But I just want to reassure people: it's not a huge problem. Hopefully, this is only isolated instance that can be stamped out and we'll catch the culprits involved. And I'm sure the Gardaí are working hard on that. OK, no, we'll, uh, we'll hopefully get good news regarding CCTV, not only for this graveyard, but elsewhere as well when it comes to who can watch it and data protection and all of that in the future. Let us know how that forms over the next few I weeks from those meetings. Part. For the moment, thanks for joining us this morning, Noel. Thank you, John Paul, and thanks for asking me.
That's uh, Councillor Noel McCarthy there uh, joining us from Formoy on that issue uh, and it is upsetting for families and even for families who go in and see uh, something or a grave or anything vandalised in a graveyard but that's in the new cemetery Kilcrumper uh, near Formoy. Uh, your views are welcome on that and CCTV the big issue of course uh, and the big data protection issue uh, that we all face 1850 something else that some people are noticing over the last while that is the return of joyriding in parts of the city and indeed then, uh, which ends up in county areas, but how do we stamp that out before it gets worse? We'll discuss that next. C103 Jobs. On today's job spot, though, we have opportunities for registered nurses and healthcare assistants wanted for Nazareth House in Mallow. Email don.mallow at nazarethcare.com. Kyohan Seafoods in Bantry have vacancies for general operatives, cleaning operatives, and an industrial maintenance technician. Apply stating your position. You'll be applying to Siobhan at Kyohan Seafoods dot ie or phone 087-705-9752 and a team member for a delicatessen in Glanthon is wanted a minimum of three years experience is necessary email your CVs to Tara at fitzpatrickfoodstore.ie these jobs and more online now just go to c103.ie and just on the issue of the graves uh, personal whatsapp saying Regarding that grave in Formoy, that graves have been vandalised there. Within the past two months, my friend's uh, grave was vandalised around eight weeks ago. So it is happening there for a while. Uh, While John's saying it's a pity that they can't have CCTV in those graveyards, uh, I can understand totally uh, that they need to know who will be actually looking at this CCTV and keeping the recordings. But surely data protection by way of people's rights cannot stop a CCTV operation from being set up on a graveyard or a street. Uh, I, for one, would have no issue with me being filmed walking down the street and indeed visiting a graveyard and praying in a graveyard as I'm doing nothing wrong. I have nothing to hide. Those I feel who have an issue with CCTV must have something to hide. If you're just walking down your street and if you're just going in praying in a graveyard, what have you to worry about? At least uh, your graveyard and your loved ones are safe in that particular graveyard, says John. How many people are videoing stuff on their phones anyway and taking photos uh, during the day on streets? You're probably going to be caught on their phones and where is the data protection when it comes to that? Uh, John, on what? WhatsApp to 0862103103. And when I was speaking uh, to the Corks of West, the Independent Deputy Michael Collins on the wet bars and on that particular stay and spin scheme a while ago, one thing he mentioned was the GAA. And he mentioned about keeping the kids uh, and parents uh, and they, they were separated more or less because parents weren't allowed in and see the particular matches and some were staying outside and some were climbing over uh, walls or sitting on walls to get a look at the particular game. But Eddie in Ovens is making a point. Eddie, Eddie says, uh, keeping the parents off the sidelines line well that could be a good thing at least the kids might enjoy their game a little bit better without their parents shouting and roaring at them from the sidelines says Eddie in ovens to 1850-333-103 text or whatsapp 0862-103-103 and something that we were discussing on the show yesterday and this was to do with speeding and a number of calls came into us uh, from various areas at the start of last week and we got more calls this week and this is to do uh, with uh, people noticing uh, motorists and trucks and whatever uh, basically going through their village and town uh, faster and faster and faster and they feel the speed is actually increasing than decreasing. Most are 50k limits and they feel with schools back motorists need to slow down and we got a lot of calls yesterday when we got a call from Anne from Drummahan who felt that a 
Dramahan, the speed of motorists going through the, her particular village uh, in Dramahan near Mano, that it was just got out of control. And what could they do? And they had those speed signs and they still have them, whereby if you're coming a- along the road, uh, you know, the ones that flash, that say if you're going over, let's say, 50k, it will flash red and then it will give you a sad face and it will say you're going too fast. They have them coming in on two approaches uh, to their village uh, and they're saying, what else can they do? Now, we got a lot of calls afterwards from people saying speed bumps is what they need in Dramahan. And John made uh, an idea uh, that could actually work, he feels, anyhow. But I don't know if all would agree with this because we have a, a few texts in this morning from people who heard the repeat of the show last night and have mixed views. Uh, first of all, if you didn't hear what John said yesterday, John is saying that surely the answer to speeding is fixed speed cameras within speed limits. These cameras record speed time, date and car reg. Then you get a fine and penalty points in the post. However, if you are over a certain speed, a court appearance is warranted. These work well in the UK and would work here. It would also free up garden resources, says John on the text to us yesterday. Well, on that, uh, first of all, Eileen saying, I don't agree with John. I think that is unfair. Uh, what if you are not concentrating properly while driving and just end up going faster than you should be? Uh, says Eileen. Uh, well, then some would say if you're not concentrating while you're driving, it's a, it's a worry not to do with speed, but to do with everything you're doing on the road. Uh, thanks, Eileen, for your WhatsApp. While Jerry says, in one way, I agree with your texter yesterday on speed, but in another way, I think we could have a situation in Ireland where they will just set up these particular speed cameras anywhere. And then they'll more than likely, like the speed vans, put them in locations where they can catch people for penalty points and money. It's not fair. And he disagrees with it for that particular reason while a listener in Charleville says I agree with John of getting idea or the idea of getting fixed cameras to slow down traffic I notice a lot of people speeding through Bally Hay and I agree with that said that particular listener in Charleville while another listener in Inneskeen says I agree with John we had the same issue here in Ballinine and Inneskeen even though there is speed limits and there was a lot of work done by the Gardaí and others to uh, try and make motors slow down going through our village still some don't and we have done everything we can to highlight the issue but still a number of motorists do speed through the town while uh, children and parents are trying to cross from shops from one street to another it's very dangerous so yes I would agree and I would love the idea of fixed cameras to slow down traffic in our villages of Banline and Inneskeen uh, just some of your calls and comments in, in relation to speeding now the issue of joyriding we'll get back to that later in the show we're just waiting on uh, Councillor Kenneth Flint to join us on the show today on that we will touch back on that issue but on the way I want to catch up with two guys we've been speaking to over the last a number of weeks and they've been cycling across Ireland all the coastline of Ireland and they're calling it Doing the Loop and they're Joe McCarthy and Sean Gordon they kicked off a number of weeks ago from the Celtic Ross Hotel in Ross Carberry they've gone all around our coastline from the west to the north to the east and they're back in Ross this coming Sunday and they should be in and around Wexford or Waterford now and we'll find out where they are next and by the way they're doing all of this for charity for Pay the House and the West Cork Rapid Response we will join them next You're listening to Cork Today on Replay Phone and text lines are currently closed Cork Today on C103 Call Patricia with your comment 1850-333-103 Now we've been catching up with these lads over the last number of weeks while they're doing the loop across Ireland's coast for Peterhouse and the West Cork Rapid Response and Joe McCarthy and Sean Gordon join me uh, for the final time of doing the loop uh, Good morning to you guys Good morning, morning. How are you doing? I'm fine, how are you doing? 
Not too bad. Okay, <laughs> it's, it's hard to believe that we're on the final leg of this particular journey with you both because we started a number of weeks ago and we followed you right across the west coast to the north. And uh, where are you today? Uh, we're actually in Kilmac Thomas. So we're oh. kind of doing the Greenway today. So in County Waterford and uh, heading towards Dungarvan this evening and onto Yall direction. So we're around there. I'm setting up camp for the night and almost home. You're very near home. You you made a good journey, actually, since when we spoke to you last week. You were in County Louth, and I saw you during the week then making your journey uh, through Dublin and down to Wexford. How did that go for you? Because you you even had a swim, I believe, in a beach in Wexford as well. Yeah, um, so we headed down um, from Dublin, and we went over Sally's Gap. um, So that that was a bit of a climb, all right. I went through the Wicklow Mountains, and they were lovely in fairness. And um, then we went down to Glendalough and we went down there and we were put up in Arclo, um by the Arclo Bay Hotel. And then from there we went down the next day to Corraclo and we camped there in Wexford um, on Corraclo Beach. And that was, was that was lovely in fairness. Yeah, we were swimming the next morning. I was, I was unreal. That yeah, it's a nice so, area, isn't it? Yeah, uh, really, really good. But I heard though you didn't get a good night's sleep. In no. uh, when at that particular beach was there was a boy races around or something? Oh, there was. <laughs> Unfortunately, we thought we got the perfect spot, set up camp, nice and peaceful. At about two o'clock in the morning, then it started, <laughs> and so an hour or two of that. But uh, we got back to sleep and freshened up in the morning with a good swim. So we were all right. <laughs> the, yeah, the cold, the cold sea water woke you up after the oh, lack of sleep. It always does. <laughs> and so you, you say, on obviously that particular night you were on the tent in the beach. What about the other nights? Was there a lot of camping this time round? I know the last time we spoke, you were lucky enough to get accommodation in some hotels. How did it go this time around from last Friday to now? Um, it hasn't been too bad, to be fair. I mean, we were staying with a couple of friends just up by Drogheda, but then um, we've been camping, and we were camping last night in a lovely spot. Um, just outside Kilmac Thomas and um, went up for a hike up the Comer Mountains. Um, what was the name of the lake? Cumshagan. Uh, yeah. Um, so we hiked up to that last night, set up camp up the top of the mountain and that was lovely. That was really, really nice. Well, fair play for hiking yeah. after doing all the cycling over the last while you decided to do a hike. <laughs> That's the last thing I thought you were going, you were going to tell me this morning. Love <laughs> a bit of punishment. <laughs> I was going to say you were. And how were the, uh, first of all, how were the bodies after doing a hike now last night and everything involved? How were all the bodies uh, faring out over the last week? Um, yeah, you could you could really feel the quads now coming down this this morning. Um, like as it was about a three quarter of an hour hike uh, carrying bags, so um, <laughs> you could really feel them coming down. But um, so far, so good. We're not we're not too bad. We should make it home. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> And the bikes then, how are they? Because I know it was the last week uh, you guys were fixing uh, punctures again and various things were going with the bikes. Uh, any problems this week? Because you're, you're really learning how to become a mechanic with a bike, aren't you? <laughs> we've actually been all right this week, to be fair. We've got a good run of it. Yeah, I don't think we've been. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, not too bad no. this week. Yeah, the bikes are holding off like yeah. no punctures so I mean, far. They're being better behaved and the weather's a bit nicer than the as well. Yeah, that's the other thing. The weather has been kinder to you this week and temperatures, even though they dipped for a few nights, the overall they're okay, which is making it easier to camp out, I suppose, as well. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, it's grand once you're putting up the tent in the dry. Like, I mean, when you're putting up the tent in the rain, the wind, that gets miserable. But I mean, I know it's been lovely so far. Yeah, this week. And on the bike issue, were you ever fearful, because you were telling us a story that you borrowed bikes and you bought new bikes, but were you ever fearful the bike would just 
clap out and go a stone way during the journey I know you could buy another one but at the same time did I ever cross your mind that at some point the bike could just uh, stop working fall apart or something really bad happen to it oh, I have no idea what we do then honestly that was just sort of put straight out of our minds like didn't even think of it <laughs> quite naive to be honest I'd say but we've been lucky like that's the best way to go think positive the whole time you yeah. can't go wrong then <laughs> So you're going to do the Dungarvan Greenway today. It's supposed to be fabulous. I haven't done it yet. I've heard a lot about it, but it is supposed to be fabulous and, and beautiful views there along the Greenway from Kilmark Thomas to Dungarvan. Uh, and East Cork will be your destination tonight. Yeah, yeah. But well, we did half the Greenway yesterday. And I mean, it's been, I was lovely. It's a nice change, not having to worry about a truck coming up the back of you. Well, that's true, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's, it was very nice. Just able to chat away. You're under no pr- real pressure. And it's, yeah, it's a lovely place. And will you continue on today on the Greenway from... It's Kilmac Thomas you're in now, is it? It is, yeah. So will you yeah. continue on on the Greenway yeah. back to Dungarvan or will you will, will you go on the roadway? Yeah, we'll continue on to Dungarvan on yeah. the Greenway. It's just something nice, a bit of a difference from um, the roads. And then continue along the coast by Ardmore, Yule, and then set up camp somewhere along there. We, we're kind of... We're very easy, like... Yeah, it's a beautiful part of the world, West Waterford, East Cork, but Ardmore is a, a lovely spot. It was only there recently during during the um, during the last few few months, I suppose, really, when, when people were kind of staycating in lockdown. Uh, and it's a place I hadn't really uh, visited for a long time. So it is nice there. Uh, and you should get a spot there, hopefully, tonight to, to settle down. And then you're saying Sunday to get back to Ross time frame and everything going well for that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we should be back um 3 p.m. on Sunday. Um, and if anyone wants to come out, we'd be more than happy. It's just with the COVID restrictions, we'd ask people if they do decide to come down and sort of cheer us on for the last few metres to just line up along the causeway um, just so there's no gathering. But I don't know, it's, it's, we should be back in time all right. And how did you guys, because obviously you started out and you're, you're calculating everything, but every time we spoke to you on a Friday, you were always bang on for timing. I mean, you always said you'd be at a certain location and you were always in that particular county. How did you calculate that? Because if I was going on a bike or, or a, something like you've done across the country and, and was looking at the maps and saying we'll end up here and we'll end up in Galway this day, I don't think I'd be bang on the day as you were. Every day you were correct. How did you work that out? Um, a, a lot of stubbornness, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> as in like, uh, just, Whatever time you arrive, we could be arriving very late some nights, but you just you just get there. Yeah. I suppose is the main thing. Because um, you're you're just making the next day harder. Really, you're not, you're not yeah. really helping future Joe or Sean here. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, See, it's in the mindset that if you're in Galway and you know you should be reaching Donegal by the the second day or the third day, that you have to really be somewhere in Mayo or Sligo or wherever what route you're taking that particular night, and you'll just keep going until you get get there. Yeah, oh, you just keep on trucking. Like, I mean, trucking. There's flexibility yeah. in like where, like what location you go to, and like, and just so long as it's around the coastline, but just like, just get the mileage in. Like, it's not, and we've been lucky. Like, to be fair, um, yeah. nothing's really caused any major, major issues that we've been stopped for any couple of days. Now I'm looking here at the texts and uh, tweets coming into us. You've got massive support over the last number of weeks. Uh, I'm sure you're very happy uh, that people have got behind this particular uh, doing the loop fu- fundraising that you were doing for both Peter House and the West Cork Rapid Response. I know both of those charities are extremely happy uh, with you both. And you mentioned Sunday. Obviously, social distancing will be a big thing, and that if people are coming back to welcome you, they'll have to adhere to those rules because uh, presumably, as you mentioned, there locals are excited 
delighted you're returning back to Ross Carberry and they are uh, having an event on the causeway with social distancing on that Sunday so you can meet your family and friends. Are you looking forward to uh, seeing everybody again after the particular journey? Because so many of you or so many of your families and friends have followed you, if not online, here on radio as well. I've heard you every week. Are you happy to go back to reality and back to work and whatever else happens after this? Yeah, we were saying we, we reckon it'd be some shock to the system. Oh, yeah. you, you wake <laughs> Monday morning and you're, you're going nowhere. But um, now nah, we're looking forward to it. And to be fair, everyone's been great. Um, and all the donations that were just over six and a half thousand. Um, We've been so generous, yeah. Yeah, and there's been a lot of donations into John McCarthy Butchers and Jimmy League and the Kelsey Grass Hotel as well. So um, uh, we're really looking forward to getting home now. It should be good, hopefully. Huge amount of money and money will still come in. We, by the way, have that link in our uh, C103 Twitter as well. But it's a big amount of money for the time frame you have. Oh, it's been huge. I mean, people yeah. are just so generous, just getting behind us in the sport. Is, yeah, oh, it's been phenomenal. Phenomenal. And when you finish up then and the people of Ross Carberry and surrounds uh, welcome you back to uh, the area on Sunday, uh, what's the plan? I mean, you, you obviously will go back to work. I presume both of you were in the Celtic Ross. Did you return back to work? And uh, after that, what's the future plan? Um, I'll be starting college anyway, again, the 21st of September. But um, yeah, just back to normal life really I suppose yeah. <laughs> just back to it <laughs> and Sean because I've got a few texts in asking you a question when we had your mammies on a few weeks ago how was the contact going with home were you uh, oh, contacting your mammy better <laughs> has he Joe has I've he improved <laughs> I know I have to know gotta keep it up but, yeah no we've been keeping in contact alright like <laughs> well, lads, it's been some experience for you guys. I mean, it's something that you'll remember forever in your lives that you've done this, uh, that you've travelled Ireland's coastline. What was the, uh, the the nicest area, if you can pinpoint a particular area that you were surprised at when you visited, you didn't realise that area was as nice as it was? And what's the outstanding memory uh, for both of you on this particular journey? I think for myself anyway, Sligo, I was really surprised because I'd never travelled that area of the country at all. And um, we kind of took a little bit of a detour and went up to Ben Bulban, cycled up. There's a really good route there. And that was that was absolutely stunning. Really like that. That was kind of a surprising part of the country that I've tried to highlight. Yeah. Sligo was lovely. Kerry, Clare. Um, I suppose the Wicklow Mountains as well. Were yeah. They were yeah, yeah. going up Sally's Gap there and just um, down into Glendalough. It was unreal, like the scenery there. And the roads are yeah. class as well, which makes a, a massive difference. But, um, ah, yeah, it's been really, really good. Like. And the toughest challenge then over the last number of weeks for you? Toughest? I'd say I have a shocking knee. Like, <laughs> a horrendous knee. Like, just ever since uh, I've had bad trouble with it. And that was kind of a bit of an issue, just getting up on the bike day after day. Um, but I just worked around it, like, and kind of took my time. And that's, it's gotten better now, like. Um, yeah, I'd say probably I had a lot of mechanical issues up yeah. the north, which... Um, <laughs> <laughs> It'd be frustrating, like, but uh, ah, they were all kind of fixed. Then we got yeah. we got into Belfast, and there was two great bike shops there that really helped us and got the bikes back running. And they haven't really caused many problems since, now in fairness. Well, you've overcome two storms. One nearly red warning up. There was one red warning here in Cork. You had an orange warning uh, where you were at that stage in the west. You've come across mechanical problems. I think we have mechanics, uh, bike mechanics anyhow, made out of both of you via YouTube. Uh, you've got in contact with your mother's better over the last few weeks. And you've made the journey around Ireland, raising over six grand and more rising for those particular charities, Peter House and indeed the West Cork Rapid Response. Uh, to you both, well done, guys. It's been a fantastic journey. Thanks for taking time out to talk to us every 
Friday and I know on Sunday I'm working Sunday but Nick Richards from the afternoon show here he is going to be in Ross Carberry so you'll see the C103 Jeep Nick will be along there on Sunday as well welcome you home and everybody who is going along make sure you give him a big welcome on Sunday with social distancing uh, from 3pm in the causeway in Ross Carberry guys thank you best of luck for the rest of the journey from Waterford to West Cork Thanks very much. Mind yourselves. Stay here. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is uh, two great lads. Uh, That's Joe McCarthy and Sean Gordon uh, who did that fantastic journey right across to Ireland's coastline and now will return to Ross Carberry this coming Sunday. Uh, Well done to them. Afternoon to you. 1850-333-103. Bernie and Sadie taking your calls this afternoon. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. A lot of comments in on various issues we've been discussing across the morning on the show. And just going back to the issue that people have mixed views on, this is the stay and spend incentive that was mentioned and launched yesterday from the government. Many people felt, uh, why could they not do something like the UK, whereby if you go to a restaurant or a bar serving food, it's £30 sterling there, you pay £20 sterling, it's up to the restaurant or bar then to go back uh, to the English revenue and claim back the money. People thought that would happen here, but here it's different. Uh, The stay and spend incentive here, it offers a maximum of €125 back in income tax credits to taxpayers who spend up to €625 in restaurants, uh, pubs, hotels and B&Bs. Now it begins at the start of next month and it goes through right until spring and it's basically, it offers a cash back through tax scheme. Basically those uh, all of us paying tax working will be able to claim back uh, that in the end of the year but for a lot of people then and there's mixed views on it because people who feel they're on a low or below the minimum wage uh, those who could have lost their jobs over the last number of months because of COVID and people who are already on social welfare they're not entitled to this and pensioners also uh, are not entitled to this now I know I have a few comments in John in Newmarket uh, John says I'm 72 years old I'm a pensioner but I am also a taxpayer so it's unfair to say that all pensioners will not get the tax rebate and that's true a lot of people uh, are pensioners and they are still working and, and still working and paying tax so not everybody's in the same situation but you can see there are some people then who are pensioners and who are not paying tax and they feel they have paid tax all their life and they're not entitled to this if they're in that situation so that was just callers we had this morning who were giving their view on that but you are right John and Newmarket and everybody is in the same position uh, well, regarding that, and as there is mixed views on the whole incentive, and people are asking, well, what happens though? I mean, when we do go along and I get my receipt and I take a photograph of it and I upload it up to a Revenue's app, uh, what happens then? Well, the Revenue will provide an income tax credit in your end of year balancing statements, and then no, you won't get the money straight away. You'll get the benefit of the credit in the year after the expenditure is incurred. That would mean 2021 at the earliest, again, by way of a tax credit. Uh, Again, the majority of callers are saying, why in God's name did I not do what happened in the UK uh, and give us back the money in that way, whereby you would just pay less at the restaurant or hotel or bar? Uh, It's a ridiculous scheme. So the majority of people in the same regarding that uh, and just feel that they should have thought about it in more depth and not brought it in rushed. And they feel they just rushed this through and they could have brought in a better scheme. That's the majority of comments and that's what we continue to hear across the day. But just on various things and on those particular restrictions and mentioning the bars we spoke about earlier with Deputy Michael Collins and the various rules that are being brought in for bars that serve food and 
yet no particular guidelines for wet bars if they are to reopen but still uh, laws have been passed to deal with them if they did break restrictions and many saying but they don't know what they're breaking because they haven't been given guidelines for wet bars apart from those that they have uh, seen for those who serve food but on this anyhow a text are saying that with everything uh, going on with restrictions and all of this what about those virtual charity events and those events that are helping people because we have no daycare open in any place in Cork at the moment and, and that was an issue a few weeks ago on the show daycare options that they weren't available and the HSE did come back to us though and say they are going to slowly reopen daycare centres across the county but not all are opened as yet but this person is making the point that people go to those particular centres every day they used to and now they can't and they're missing this every day because there's no help out there and a lot of this is ending up in a sad outcome. I'm meeting people uh, where we can go along and chat and so on but that now has all stopped and every day all we hear from the government are more restrictions for this and that and this texture feels our rights are being taken away. This is doing more harm than any virus. I'm very cross with the carry-on and childish behaviour of our leaders of our country. They are only puppets, says this particular texter, with no common sense. Thank you for giving the ordinary people a chance to air their view, says that texter on 86 on the daycare centres, which we did look into, and it seems... Uh, they are working on opening those particular centres but it will be on a very staged basis those are the ones anyhow run by the HSE uh, it will be done so on a very staged basis and over time but no uh, clarification when everything will open up as yet but I, I know we've got calls from the likes of uh, yourself and other people who are in that situation and feel keeping that side of life closed and where people can't go and chat that it could be doing more harm than good but then you have to look at it, I suppose from the HSC side of things who are saying that they can't have a group of people even with social distancing in some of their daycare centres as they're not wide enough or, or big enough to cater for that and they'd be afraid that they could actually if they opened the care centre that someone could get the virus in a particular care centre and it could cause more harm than good so that's their side of the argument then but thank you for your text to 86 and on the Stay and Spend initiative uh, jury saying while I think it's a great idea and I do welcome the government coming up with something for this particular uh, initiative to get us out and supporting our hospitality sector. Surely they could have waited another few weeks to implement this. I was watching uh, Catherine Martin, the minister yesterday on 61 News and she was saying that they had to get this in as soon as possible to qualify for October. Uh, So this was the best option they had in the limited time. But yet when I'm hearing Deputy Michael Collins earlier on your show speaking about the regulations for the bars and the new laws that they passed yesterday to give Gardaí, they were rushed through. So why could they not think of a better scheme and then on the last week of September rush this particular uh, new stay and spend scheme through rather than what they have launched which again is going to be run by revenue uh, says Jerry to text to 0862103103 and what we mentioned about the uh, pubs or restaurants where now they will have to keep a copy uh, of the food you actually serve or you actually eat that they serve you uh, and whatever you order they'll have to keep a copy of that on file for 28 days uh, and on that William and Bandon we had a lot of discussion about that earlier on the show but William and Bandon is saying surely a copy of your receipt anyhow should be on their computer and all they have to do is keep it for 28 days there is no point in comparing us to other countries in Europe because Covid is rife across all of Europe but yeah William a lot of people would make that point that uh, for some restaurants they mightn't have that comp- 
computer facility whereby they are actually going to have to either bring in more staff or it's more work for the staff in there whereby they have to keep a note physically of what people are ordering and what they're eating uh, but you would think for the majority that it would be stored somewhere but then uh, earlier on Anne was making the point that will the IT systems will they have the capacity to store uh, for that amount of time will it mean a cost for the business to bring in more hardware just to store extra data uh, I'm not too sure if, if that would be something that the pubs will have to fork out for or are their systems already able to do that and for many they say they will have to bring in extra staff to make sure that there is a turnaround and everything is done correctly because for many they feel that they don't have uh, the food items uh, kept for 28 days on file of what people ordered uh, that they would be actually fine or something if they were inspected so uh, they are taking this seriously and that's why they're questioning those that particular law and they feel it's a bit stupid and uh, the Restaurant Association of Ireland really critical this morning of that particular rule that was brought out yesterday and on that John in Mallow uh, he feels the new health minister Stephen Donnelly he agrees with what uh, was said earlier when we were speaking about this and Danny Healy Ray uh, the independent deputy in Kerry uh, he said that it's becoming a dictatorship of what people can do in relation to the pubs and uh, John in Mallow agrees he says Stephen Donnelly is turning out to be a dictator on that John is amazed that publicans have not taken to the streets by now about this and he feels also when it comes to sport that they should let people go to matches most stadiums can hold a lot of people he can't see the issue around this when it comes to local games that people can't attend when there will be room uh, feels John and Mallow on 1850-333-103 and regarding criminal damage and we spoke earlier and heard from Councillor Noel McCarthy in Fermoy of the vandalism being caused to the new Kilcrumper Cemetery in Fermoy this happened uh, about a year ago or more as well and it has taken place over the last number of weeks we heard from people who knew of cases of vandalism in that particular graveyard two months ago is when people said they they noticed there was issues going on in that particular graveyard and we did ask about CCTV uh, because it was supposed to be installed the last time there was issues there and the reason there wasn't because of data protection with Joe Informoy says what or why is there such a problem with GDPR if someone is doing a criminal damage here well there should be no issue with GDPR the, and these cameras are there for a reason there's cameras in all the shops in towns and there's no issue with them so why not have a camera looking over a graveyard uh, good point uh, on that says Joe Informoy because I know a lot of callers before midday would agree with you Joe and said that when they're inside in a graveyard and they're praying uh, to their loved ones that's all they're going to be doing. Uh, so they don't mind if there's a camera looking down on them in the graveyard or if you're walking on a street, uh, if you're doing nothing wrong, no one minds uh, being filmed because you're doing nothing wrong unless you have something to hide is what callers were saying. They have no issue with actually walking on a street being filmed or in a graveyard being filmed. So what is the data protection issue when it comes to that? And people are making a good point before midday also of the fact that how many people are recording things on their phone nowadays and you could be walking down the street behind them but yet there's no issue with that but there is an issue when it comes to setting up CCTV to prevent criminal damage. And the big issue out of that when we were discussing with Councillor Norm McCarthy was the fact that it's who actually looks at the videos and also 
who, where the information and the video gets stored. So that was a big issue in relation to CCTV and the data protection issue. It seemed to be more about where the CCTV and video footage gets stored and the Gardaí was where they thought it would happen. Anyhow, uh, they're still working on that and staying with graveyards. Thomas in Bantry and Tom says there is a tomb in the Abbey graveyard in Bantry since the 1600s and the tomb is in very bad repair at the moment. The council though, he said, should refurbish it as it would be a good tourist attraction feels Tom when it comes to graveyards on 1850 103 and when we're talking about Covid and restrictions and all of that Tony has an interesting uh, topic to raise because he's asking about jockeys who are coming back from abroad from either racing in the UK or wherever they are and they're coming back to Ireland but he's asking how come now will they have to self-isolate or won't they? Uh, because when it comes to the government they feel that they just get a test and they can continue on with the work and he's asking our top jockeys now uh, in the same category as the government what kind of country are we living in? They are laughing at us not being allowed to go anywhere but yes, the government and jockeys can swan about and do what they like. Well initially the Horse Racing Ireland were looking for clarification on this and what would happen to those who do go uh, horse racing in in other countries and come back to Ireland and then if they had to quarantine for 14 days they then would not maybe make a race meeting here in Ireland if it was a week later I know that they were looking into this and overseas jockeys now would be permitted uh, to ride on a group one race days uh, that they means that what is coming in at the moment and this is actually more or less breaking in the last few days it seems that the 14 day isolate, self-isolation period uh, is going to be looked at and it means that overseas jockeys will be permitted to ride on group one race days in Ireland so it looks like if this is going to go through which it is at the moment Uh, that those jockeys, when they come back, they will be able to ride on a horse in a race in Ireland. So, for example, if they they were somewhere in the UK and they pick a race meeting in the UK they were at and they come back to Punchestown or or wherever, Amalo, that they'll be able to ride on Group 1 race days is the latest information just coming through and that as I speak. So that seems to be uh, the way, Tony, that they are allowed. And we'll bring you more on that when we get it, but it seems to be that they are allowed to come back I presume they get tested and if they're all clear for COVID, uh, they then can race in a particular race. Uh, thank you, Tony, for raising that issue on 1850 So it does look like uh, they'll be able to continue racing when they come back from a race in the UK. Uh, if what the information is coming through to us uh, is all correct. Uh, yeah, they'll just get tested and they can go on with racing. Anyhow, Tony, thanks for raising that particular issue. And something else that has come in from Eileen in Clonakilty, uh, because Eileen is asking, what are your listeners' opinion on this particular rule when it comes to communion ceremonies? And this is coming in from the Cork and Ross Diocese, because Eileen says uh, the bishop has ruled that only the person making Holy Communion and the parents are allowed to attend. But... What does he think parents are to do with their other children? Leave them in the car outside the chapel gates? Also, there's a question over the grandparents and the godparents. And why can't it be one pew for one family and indeed a household? Why don't, uh, what happens when you don't have anybody to mind our children, says Aline? She feels it's a shameful treatment of families once again by the church leaders, says Eileen in Clonakilty to 1850 Have you come across that? Uh, what Eileen is saying there regarding the communions, anybody who has made communion, this is in the Cork and Ross Diocese, uh, according to Eileen in Clonakilty. 
And when you go into the church, it's only the person who is making communion and their parents are allowed to attend. I presume the others are outside somewhere in the church car park. But she's saying for those who don't have uh, somebody to look after their child or if you want the godparents to be there or grandparents, they're not allowed to go in. Uh, but especially for people who don't have anybody else to look after the other children, are they supposed to leave them in the car outside the chapel gates? Or what happens and why can't they have one poo for uh, one family or household in the church? Well, we have contacted in the last few minutes the Diocese of Cork and Ross on this and we'll see what they will say to us. Uh, obviously, it's to do with COVID restrictions and they're adhering to the guidelines they've been given uh, and every church is different in size so they're I presume uh, adhering to those restrictions given the size of the church but we'll wait and see what they say we have uh, since the Cork and Ross Diocese an email and we'll see what they say to us 1850-333-103 lines open The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council supporting businesses supporting communities serving Cork visit corkcoco.ie and Skibbereen Country Markets, they were reopen and the town at the moment. It runs until 1.30 today. They're back in the Abbey Stewry Church Hall in Skibbereen with cakes, crafts and lots more. The West Corks Toastmasters, they're also back in action via Zoom though online. If you want to get involved tomorrow, they're back at 11 o'clock in the morning. Email westcorktm at gmail.com. And this coming Sunday, Tully Lee's Parish Penny Dinners Collection. And it's taking place from 11am to 1pm in the Community Centre in Tully Lee's. And they'll accept home baking cash donations and perishable goods for penny dinners and Kadolri Community Development they will hold their lotto draw and that is going ahead in the Kadolri Community Office on Thursday the 10th of September at 4pm and this week's jackpot is €2,400 tickets available from all local outlets and Castle Magner Autumn Parish Cleanup that is going to take place on Saturday, the 3rd of October. And they remind you that the Tuddy Towns Committee, they meet every Tuesday evening at 7.30 in Castle Magna. They meet at the hall there and they say new members and helpers are welcome and you're asked if you do come along to bring your own gloves. And some more of your comments. And first of all, to do with the issue of the keeping the food on record that people eat. Anthony is saying on the food records, what if one person pays for a meal by cash for a table of people and all give wrong names? What advantage is that then uh, to the authorities, says Anthony? We'll be hoping that uh, they actually... It would be truthful, but yeah, it's a good point, Anthony. Thank you for your text to 0862103103. And Peter is asking about the fuel allowance. He says, when? And can you please tell me when the fuel allowance is due and do people have to apply every year? Well, on that, the weekly fuel allowance payments, they normally begin on the first week of October and they are paid on the same day as usual as your pension uh, or indeed benefit, unless you have opted out for the lump sum payments. And if you have received it, usually you don't really have to apply again. I know everybody's case is different. I'm aware of that everybody has has different cases and different allowances and payments. But usually once you get it already, you won't have to apply again, uh, according to the government website. Uh, but if you do apply for the fuel allowance after the 1st of October 2020, it will not be backdated. And the fuel allowance payment at the start of 2020 was €24.50 a week. So uh, on that, it should be anyhow, the first week of October, you will be receiving payments uh, for the actual fuel allowance 
and it will be paid on the usual pension or indeed day of benefit. And on Nefis, John and Kilavodan, and this is to do with all the regulations coming in for businesses and bars, John and Kilavodan says Nefit is made up of all medical personnel. They have only a health point of view and their jobs are paid for by the state and cannot be left go. Why are there no business people or economics or sports personnel are being actually asked questions about their opinions with Nefit? I think, says John, they are losing the goodwill of the people with all the new bylaws, says John in Kilavodan on text to 0862103103. Some of your calls and comments coming in on the various issues we were discussing earlier on this morning. Now, another issue we've got calls on and we've been getting calls over the last few days uh, from uh, players, especially in the world of GAA. And we're aware that inter-county teams will be uh, coming back. Uh, and uh, over the next few weeks, uh, the club, I suppose, the club involvement has been taking up much of the summer months. But now we'll be looking towards inter-county. And we're aware that inter-county teams are going to be back training very shortly. But the one thing we're getting from people who are living and working in far outer areas of Cork is that they'll have to drive from their home place maybe an hour and a half, maybe two hours, which is an unusual and many players will tell you to do that and uh, that's part of the love of the game. Uh, but this time around, they'll be more likely in a wet and windy evening talking off at the side of the pitch, uh, training and we'll be finished then. They'll be wet, they'll be sweaty but they'll have to get back into a car and travel for an hour and a half while they're wet and sweaty and given the current pandemic, uh, I mean, that's always given uh, to get a cold if you're out in the rain for a long time and you don't dry off in time, you, you might get just sniff you might get a cold some people might not get anything uh, but with the current situation then if you do go along to your workplace with a sniffle many are saying go home because you know they, the workplace can't take that particular risk so we've got a lot of calls from people asking especially uh, loved ones and parents uh, where does the player welfare uh, come into all of this well uh, we've asked our GA man our GA correspondent Fimber McCarthy to discuss this with us this afternoon Fimber good afternoon to you yeah, good afternoon, BJ. Uh, sorry, you, PJ. You're, you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> wrong way wrong. <laughs> wrong way get the letters right. <laughs> well, <laughs> on this particular point, uh, I mean, they are making a good a good point here from a player's point of view, Fimber, uh, that they, we know showers can't be used in gyms or in training facilities due to COVID. So if you are coming from a far area of West Cork or North Cork, uh, it does pose an issue on when you go home, you are sweaty, you are wet. And had the GEA actually thought of this scenario uh, for big counties such as Cork and other counties that will have this situation? Well, uh, it's a very, very valid point, uh, JP. And I suppose when when they targeted, uh, I think it's either the 12th or the 15th of September, for the return of the inter-county training, the inter-county teams to return to training, they might have felt when they when they put that date on it, that the situation might have changed and dress rooms might be allowed to be used. But obviously, that's only, what, nine or ten days away, and I don't think that's going to happen, even though there is a meeting today in terms of restrictions and so on and so forth. But it is a very valid point, and just to make an issue, uh, make a point, I covered a game a couple of weeks ago in Ovens, and this is no reflection whatsoever, no one here, Rogue. They were just doing what they had to do. It was UCC in Carberry, and it was one of the worst nights in a long, long time. It was around the time of the storms. And the two teams, UCC and Calvary, and one team went up into the stand, lovely stand out there in ovens, to, to change and to take off their jerseys and, as you say, get into cars. It's absolutely ridiculous. You're more likely to pick up 
the flu bug or something else rather than you are with COVID in, in those circumstances. But it, 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 it is an issue going forward and I don't know how they can get around it. Yeah, because they do have to keep the showers and changing facilities closed. That is part of the restrictions. Yeah. All gyms are the same, so you can't blame them for that. They're just going by the no, guidelines. No. But do, guidelines. do they have to look at this scenario for those players who were travelling long distances and are going to be in a car for an hour and a half or two hours going home because their fear is then they go home, they could catch a cold or have a sniffle. But if they can't go to work, that affects the whole family because if the workplace is saying to one person, sorry, you know, you have a sniffle, you have a cough, we can't take the risk of you coming in, you'll have to work from home and you may have to get a COVID test in for some employers, it puts the whole family at risk then because if your wife is working somewhere else, your girlfriend or your parents, they'll have to say to their employer, uh, my yeah. son's got a cold and it, that's a ripple off effect and that's what a lot of uh, those uh, players who are, you know, are playing for the love of the game, they're not getting paid for this, they're concerned about this because they do a long day's work, they might travel 30 minutes from their home place to their workplace or workplace to their home place and then go training after that and that could be another two hour journey. Yeah, and I personally, JP, I agree with everything that's been said and maybe they could look at it in case of, take for instance in the county team, they all train in good quality facilities. We take Parky Key for instance, there are four fairly substantial dressing rooms on there. What's the what's the issue in letting... Just, we're talking about cock now because cock is our concern. Mm-hmm. If the cock in the county can go down, have a quick shower, how long are you going to be in the shower? Five or six minutes, and then the place is cleaned and refreshed. Maybe that might work. I'm not so sure. But certainly it is an issue and how they deal with it, I'm, I'm not so sure. Not a medical expert. And I just heard one of the comments there from the chap in Kilabullen about putting GA people on the, on this NEFIT committee. That might be an issue. But it's certainly one that needs to be looked at. But how you get around it, I do not know. And as you say, it, it could raise more problems than it's worth. And Tony on text is saying when we were playing in my day now I don't know if Tony was playing inter-county or not but he said in his day uh, they had to tog off the side of the pitch and they then had to go off and train and yes it could have been a wet night and then they went home it wasn't an issue for them so why are they asking now about player welfare and I don't know well, Tony where you're living but I mean this basically the, the issue here really isn't about that side of it and no one has an issue about talking off the side of the pitch or training in wet and windy weather the issue is these players are travelling from far outer areas of Cork. For an example, we could say Newmarket, Castletown Bear, into the city and then must go home again. That's the issue yeah. more than that's, talking that's off. That's the issue, yeah. That's the issue. We, it, like, we've, all been, I've been, we've all been involved in our clubs and we see players arriving in their, in their training gear, getting into their cars and go home. And the majority... You're breaking up there, Fimber. Yeah, sorry. Um, I'm actually, once again, I just... The, the reception from where I am is not the best. No, you're okay. No, you're wherever you wherever you're doing there. You're you're fine yeah, in that position. I, I, yeah, I just, I just, I, yeah. But you see, as I was saying, JP, most club players are five or six minutes from home, maximum ten or fifteen, and they can get home, change into clothes, and the issue is not resolved. But you're right. We just take, for instance, Car Corals are training. Bill Cooper is living in Yall. That's forty minutes away before he gets home. And the football scenario is probably worse. In so far as there lies way down in West Cork, coming up to train in Parky Key for Parky Ring, it is it is a problem. It is a problem, and it's going to be a problem for all our intercounty teams, the ladies' football team and the Camogie team. So it needs to be addressed and needs to be sorted. 
Yeah, and as I mentioned, Tony's comment there, we have more uh, comments coming in from it saying it's not just the GAA uh, and yeah. also ladies football and camogie are affected with this. Soccer teams also, uh, depending on what will happen, they will actually have uh, another issue. A texter here says because the way things are and the change in the weather, head colds, etc., they yeah. uh, can bring the flu, they can bring a flu around as well. And, and this is no example of sending people out late at night to go training in this particular weather and then had them sitting in a car for an hour travelling home. It's not right. Uh, while somebody else reacting to, to Tony who said what he did in his day uh, Marion is asking is Tony a city slicker he does not understand what it's like to travel for two or two and a half hours to a training session and then back again especially with yeah. no shower uh, I mean there is that, that aspect I suppose of it but the point Marion is raising the rules that are being made do they have to look at it from a different angle here and think of those people who weren't as you mentioned like a club situation 10 minutes away from the ground yeah, well, as I said earlier, maybe you might have missed that point at break-up. There is a meeting, we understand, today between mm. various sporting bodies and the heads of authorities. Will they so take that, that into account, though? I mean, will that be I, something I they will take into account? I would imagine, I would imagine they, they, they will. Yeah. I, I would hope they would anyway. And equally, I would hope that there would be a lifting of restrictions in people attending games because going to games where it's grand for the players is the people, the supporters that are missing out. And, you know, the atmosphere is... You know, it's kind of surreal, really. So let's hopefully that the, the, the people in charge, and we all accept, JP, we all accept it is very, very unusual circumstances, and the health of our people are the most important issue here. But the, the point about travelling and health needs to be addressed, and maybe it could be, it's only going to be for a short period of time that might be able to do something about that. Yeah, and from your point of view, I mean, you are, and I know you've suggested there about what they could do when it comes to showers. I mean, you're reporting on matches for a long uh, number of years for the radio station. What do you think they could do or try and do to help the players? Because the biggest issue we're getting here from people is the welfare of players, which is something we've discussed over the years when it comes to the GAA. And uh, the GAA have done the best they can in relation to this for COVID guidelines. Is there any idea or suggestion that you could put out there yourself from what you've seen over the years? to deal with this? Well, the health issue in terms of the travelling and the shows, I just think that there are every every inter-county team, and we'll just broaden it, we'll take every every sporting artist have very, very good facilities now. And maybe, maybe for the brief, if we just say, for instance, the Cork footballers are training, if they come in their training gear, quick shower, bang, out of the place, and then clean, cleaned up immediately. That's the only suggestion I could see to get around the, the possibility of lads travelling and girls, for that matter, travelling long distance for training. In, we, the weather is not going to get better, JP. We know that. Yeah. We're going into we're going into it the time of the year. No, I hope I'm wrong, but it's going to be darker, colder, wetter, and windier in the next couple of weeks. So it's certainly an issue going forward. And maybe that suggestion that I made that the players be loaded in for a quick shower and then the place is sanitised and cleaned up again and move on for the next day. Well, it's an issue that is uh, worth raising, an interesting issue as well from the players involved uh, for the moment, Fimber. Uh, thanks for joining us on that. And I believe uh, a big day for you today is it your birthday. <laughs> I shouldn't have told you that yesterday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Fimber. It is indeed. Thank you very much indeed. Enjoy the day. The best way you can. Blow out those candles. Take care of Fimber McCarthy there, our GAA correspondent on that issue.
And, and is it a worthwhile issue? Because, I mean, uh, some people agree with the players. I mean, Tony had a different issue. He felt that, you know, that was always the way it was back in the, the day. And uh, I see another text there from Jonathan who says that they've been too precious. And like years ago, people had no choice and they just travelled. But the big issue here is regarding the journey that people are travelling now. And as Finbar said, especially for the football uh, the, the and ladies football, uh, in terms of Camogie as well, people are travelling from far outer regions especially far West Cork and far North Cork uh, that they are travelling an hour and a half to two hours after spending that particular time playing in a field in wet weather and heavy rain and then they're also sweating and they're sitting then in the car for two hours how will they be dealt with if they did pick up something uh, in a workplace or anything else by way of a head cold and the knocking effect that will have then if they can't go to work and it all came from training uh, for the GA and something they do they love to do uh, but at the end of the day they're not going to pay for that either so uh, it is a question of player welfare that is coming up from those involved in the GA and those who have loved ones involved in the GA anyhow uh, your views are welcome on that something that is going to be going to be discussed later today with the health officials as Finbar said and we'll see what they can come up with uh, on this particular measure but it is a concern for many out there who do play Gaelic games your views are welcome 1850 also on this the changing weather someone says it is going to bring along the head colds etc so maybe uh, they can bring the flu jab forward this year before the flu hits uh, this year now some would say we might not have a, a bigger flu uh, as we usually do in this country because of the fact that everybody's wearing masks and sanitising and behaving themselves so we'll have to wait and see on, on that one and that will happen or not but that's a good point thank you for your text and also I have a text in here uh, from a person who doesn't want their name read out and it's a lengthy WhatsApp actually coming in but this is the situation that happened in a coffee shop this morning uh, where a person was in the coffee shop getting coffee they were adhering to the restrictions and keeping uh, back from the person in front of them but two people came behind and they were standing very near this person fell to them so this person walked further up the line but not too far to get too near the woman that was being served her coffee and when the other ladies behind her came up nearer again and weren't as this person felt adhering uh, to her particular what you know two metres she said it to them and she goes you know ladies excuse me could you just mind your distance and this person is saying that they got aggressive towards her and that the person behind the counter basically said that they, they couldn't really do much on this and the manager did uh, speak to her after, but again, it seemed that they could not, uh, that they said they can't control uh, in, in that situation, that they couldn't control the, the situation that happened. Now, I don't know, was it because they had a different view? Did they think the two ladies standing behind you were actually near uh, keeping their distance and you thought they were nearer than what they are? Uh, did they have a different viewpoint? But anyhow, this person is saying uh, she's absolutely shocked and disappointed that this happened today. I mean, we're all trying to adhere to the guidelines, but they thought that this business wasn't adhering because of that. Uh, it's a very lengthy WhatsApp, but that's the gist of it. And I suppose, does this happen elsewhere? And what would you do in that particular situation whereby you are queuing up for a coffee, you're keeping your distance from the woman in front of you, and then you two people become behind you you think they're not keeping your distance they're too close and then when you move up yourself they follow you in the queue and they move nearer uh, which means that doesn't help the matter you say to them keep away uh, and then you don't get support from the manager who may have a different viewpoint then than you in the situation where do you go from here uh, well, you, uh, according to your WhatsApp you have spoken to the manager but you're still not happy at the experience that you received uh, from that particular shop you were in this morning uh, again it's all social uh, social responsibility but if you feel that you're right 
and that the shop are wrong, where do you go in that context if they don't support you on that and they feel that, you know, they can only do the best they can to uh, adhere and enforce those particular guidelines if people in the shop feel that, okay, I'm standing in this particular location, the person behind you is standing too close to you, but if that person feels they are standing uh, further away and they they feel they've given you enough distance, you feel they haven't, where do you win in that particular argument? And is it up to the shopper? Is that particular shop right? Is, the, is it a case of, well, you know, we can only do so much uh, and if, if, you know, we can only say, you know, but we can't be telling people to get out or move around especially when shops need the business as well. Anyhow, your view on that. Uh, keep those emails coming over the weekend. If you have found yourself in that situation, you can email jp at c103.ie. But thank you uh, for your WhatsApp this morning or this afternoon. Lengthy WhatsApp, but you get the gist of it there of her experience this morning in a coffee shop. 1850 Text a WhatsApp as well. 0862103103. And a texter here asking when we're speaking about COVID, she says, regarding test centres, if we had more of them, it might speed things things up and people would know if or if not they had COVID but why can't we have more testing centres in our towns such as maybe Bandon or Mallow or Formoy instead of people having to travel the whole time that would make things easier very true something we discussed uh, earlier in the show last week as well it would make it easier if people didn't have to travel uh, to suburbs in the city to get tested and that they could just travel to their own towns if we had more uh, testing centres thanks for your comment on 086 2103 My thanks to Bernie Murphy and City Mad who worked on the show across the week. I'm John Paul McNamara. Enjoy your weekend. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.